Hi everybody, Naomi here again from The Word Count, here with all of your creative writing needs. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of Writing Rants, that's W-R-A-N-T-S. So this week I actually started The Broken Daughter by Amy Shea, and I decided to document my experience while reading the book, uh, and I put that together, and that is what our episode will start with today. So today I will be starting my review of The Broken Daughter by Amy Shea, and this is book one of the Cursed Kingdom series. Um, interesting. So uh, my, my first reaction is that this cover is actually gorgeous. Um, it's maroon and gold, which is just a wonderful color combination. There's a crown on it with a little bit of an interior design. Um, with gold filigree on the corners, which gives it a regal feel, but it's still subtle and not too cluttered. And there's also this subtle filigree that's in the background on the maroon side, and it's just really, really pretty. Um, I get the the feeling that it's a fantasy novel, which uh, it is. So, <laughs> so we'll start to go ahead with a prologue. Um, if the cover didn't tell you that it was a fantasy novel. The first couple of sentences in the prologue definitely would. Um, it's Verlon, or Verilun, home of every creature known to mankind, where humans lived among elves and dwarves played with the giants. So, giants, dwarves, elves, definitely a fantasy novel. Um, but just in case you didn't get a hint from that sentence or the cover, they kind of spell it out for you in the next sentence, because they spell magic, M-A-G-I-C, and we all know that when you add extra Y's and extra K's and C's and a bunch of vowels in a normal spelled word that you are reading a fantasy novel. Uh, I mean, the, the prologue wasn't exceptionally interesting or engaging, but a lot of authors have issues writing introductions, so I'm not turned off from the book or anything. It's just, you know, I guess kind of mediocre. Um, so the first chapter, though, kind of redeems itself here. We're introduced to Amory, who is the uh, the protagonist. She's a princess, and in the first chapter, she actually finds her mother dead in her bed. Um, everybody kind of rules it as a suicide, but Amory's like, you know, my mom would never do that. This doesn't seem right, and she's been acting weird lately, talking about people are coming after her. I think she was murdered. So that's a really interesting start to the story. There's just so many places that you can go with this um you know the, the princess not only has to deal with the loss of her mother but she's also going to have to just take over a kingdom without much experience so it seems like it's going to be a pretty interesting ride um the chapter one is a uh, an ungodly 20 pages long so it dragged a little bit for me just because of the length it just kind of went on and on and on but still not a bad chapter i'm interested in the story to see where it goes um, chapter two, we're still dealing with Amory and how she's dealing with her mother's death. Um, the, we're introduced to this maid character called Jorlin, um, who is new to the castle, so Amory kind of suspects that maybe she had killed her mother, especially since uh, Jorlin, Amory, and her mother were so close-knit um, right off the bat, um, which I kind of think is a uh, rash assumption, but also grief makes you think crazy things so i'm not not angry at it don't really think that it's lazy storytelling or anything like that it just kind of took me by surprise 
And this chapter is pretty long as well. We're introduced to Sir Percival, which is spelled P-A-R-Z-I-V-A-L. So again, fantasy novel. Uh, who was kind of the, the queen's right hand, who's kind of been taking over during this grieving process. And Amory starts to get pretty suspicious of him as well because, you know, he's doing things without her permission and looking into things. But of course, he's also been doing this for a very long time. So he may or may not be part of this conspiracy. Amory might just be out of her mind. Um, we're also told that magic, M-A-G-I-C-K magic, is outlawed in this kingdom. But we get glimpses of uh, suggestion that Amory might actually have magic in her blood. There are times where she gets very um, angry or anxious or sad and her hands start to glow orange. So I'm interested to see where, uh, where that goes. Um, but again, this chapter was also incredibly, <laughs> incredibly long. Over 30 pages. So I think today is when I'm going to take a break from it and we'll come back tomorrow. So I'm now a couple more chapters in than I was the day before. Um, we start off with Amory's preparations for her mother's funeral, so we get to experience that entire emotional roller coaster. Um, it's kind of getting a little bit droll at this point, just because we continuously see her go through the same cycles. I mean, it's understandable, but it's just not really that interesting to read. Um, but the next chapter, we actually get to her mother's funeral, um, and Amory is actually introduced to this person named Deerston Dryston. I don't know how to pronounce it because, you know, fantasy novel spelled with Y's and A, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't even know. But, um, so he kind of comes up to Amory and says, hey, me and your mother had an agreement. She said that she would, you know, help our country with food and, and warriors and supplies and stuff like that. And Amory's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She never told me about that. She tells me everything. Um, so they go through this whole banter back and forth. Amory's suspicious of him, which... I guess I kind of would be too, but it seems a little bit too, uh, too forward, I guess, for it to actually be part of a conspiracy. I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced, and if it is, I might be a little bit upset because it's too in your face. But Amory's still also suspicious of Jorlin, who's been acting a little bit weird. Again, though, I feel like it's too obvious of acting weird for them to really consider that as an actual threat. But regardless, I, I don't know. Um, she, you know, she's walking around at night, she's staying close to the princess, she's kind of being snoopy, okay? Um, so we find out in the next chapter that Jorlin and Deerston are actually brother and sister, and that Jorlin is an assassin who her mother hired to protect them. I don't really know how I feel about that. It seems a little bit too convenient, but I guess it's an interesting twist, kind of explains her weird behavior. I'll, I'll give her that. Uh, so that's the next couple of chapters. Again, these chapters were just so long. Um, I'm on page 135 at this point, and nothing of substance has really happened. Um, I mean, it's a, I feel like it's a long time to kind of set up a story. Um, and this book is 398 pages long, so I kind of anticipated there just to be a lot of action going on. Usually when books are this long, it's because there's a lot of stuff that happens. And so far, 135 pages in, nothing has really happened. It's just Amory kind of talking about how uncomfortable she is with her mother's death, um, how she's suspicious of everybody, um, how she doesn't know what she's doing. So she has to give power to Sir Percival to kind of take over things, but how she's suspicious of him as well. 
So I totally forgot to, to mention how the, the magic orange hand fire magic thing keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. Uh, she keeps saying, oh no, I must be dreaming because magic is outlawed and continuously. Over 200 pages into the book and she's still like, oh, this can't be magic. I must be imagining things. And man, am I kidding? Sick and tired of hearing that. Honestly, nothing really has happened uh, in the last couple hundred pages. Uh, we're introduced to a character for a really short three, four page chapter, which I'm led to believe is supposed to be the the dead older sister of Amory, or the dead older sister of Amory, who's supposed to come back and play into the plot at some point. <laughs> God knows when, because <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. So the last couple hundred pages have continuously been Amory being upset about her mom's death, Amory not knowing who to trust, Amory trusting somebody, then not trusting them, then trusting them again, Amory being upset because she has to take over a kingdom and doesn't know how. But we never get to see her learn how to, we never get to see her figure out how to trust anybody, we never see her try to figure out how her mother was killed or if she was actually killed, which is supposed to be a big part of the story. We just keep getting the same chapter over and over again. I'm getting a little frustrated. So we have more conspiracies, more important characters that are showing up out of nowhere. We even have a <laughs> protagonist fight before the climax of the book cliche, even though I have no idea what the climax is going to be because the author has opened up so many different avenues of conspiracy and mystery and anything that could happen really. So, <sighs> Totally forgot to add that we have a sudden character shift point of view. Yeah. Yeah, around page 257, yeah, give or take. Out of nowhere. So, finally past page 300. And I honestly am kind of checked out from the story at this point. I just, I don't care what happens anymore. So I'm going to take a couple days break, recoup, and finish up this this book so see what we got going on so I took four days worth of a break um, honestly did not do much for me I did come back to the novel and I did finish it and things were kind of wrapped up loosely wrapped up with enough room to I guess leave you interested in the next book in the series but I honestly I don't think I can do it it was just it was just such a disappointment overall. Uh, you know, we started off with this really good idea, real, a lot of room to grow, and and I don't blame this on the author, really. Um, you know, young, new authors, we always like to write 400, 500 pages in our story, but it's up to our editors to kind of curate and say, hey, you, you've been, you know, regurgitating the same information over the last 10 chapters. It's, you know, we need to cut some stuff out, cut things down, and that just wasn't done here, and it was a real it was a real drag to read unfortunately so that wraps up my overall opinion of the broken daughter by amy shea um it, again it was a little bit disappointing but not because of the writing per se but because of the the untapped potential that was neglected um but she does have the next book in the series coming out so i'm interested to see what she does with the story from there with the characters we all grow from book to book, so I'm interested and ready to see what she has for us next. Um, I want to thank you guys again for joining me for another episode of Writing Rants. We will have another episode ready for you 
at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time next Wednesday, so be sure to join us then. Um, we also are launching our poetry unit at the word count. Um, we actually put together a complete history of poetry on our blog, so be sure to check that out. We'll also be adding a 21st century poet list to that timeline, so if you're interested in being incorporated, contact us from the contact form on the website or email us with a sample of your poetry, um, the list of publications, everything that we might need to make a decision on where to put you in that list. Ciao, ciao for now!